All right, let's take our Bibles, if you will, and turn to 1 Kings chapter number 17. It is in my heart to preach this week using the thought of Elijah and his life. Uh, we'll read uh, verse 1 down through verse number 24. And I want to preach tonight on the word of the Lord. When Elijah comes on the scene, Israel's in a mess. And we found out this morning that the reason was is there's a lot of folks playing king. And anywhere you find trouble, you're going to find a king. Whether it's in your life or someone else's life, whether it's in the family or in the church, you just search it out. When there's trouble, somebody's playing king. But the thing that I noticed about all of these kings is that they all had a God. It wasn't that they were without, were without religion. They all had plenty, as was mentioned tonight, plenty of religion. Uh, they had, as Ahab had, uh, Baal as his God, the sun God. Uh, they had Ashtoreth, which is Baal's sister, the female God. Chemosh was another one of the favorite gods. These were the gods of the, of the Canaanites, the gods of the land. And so when Israel rejected God and wanted a king, of course what that king brought with it was, was a god. Every king has his own god. And it'll be in his own image. And uh, I noticed that when Elijah steps on the scene, he is confronting these these kings, and he's confronting their gods. And they have convinced Israel that these are the gods uh, that delivered them. These are the true gods. So we got a contest. Elijah comes as a slap in the face by his very name. As he says unto Ahab, uh, My God. And he begins to represent and speak of his word, his very name. His very name is offensive to Ahab because it means my God is Jehovah. It's one of those compound names. There are several in the Bible. Samuel, anywhere you see that E-L, it is, it is God. The word Samuel means God hears. The word Elijah, E-L, means God saves. The word Daniel means God is judge. And so there's some God in Elijah's name. But I would make a little bit of application here and say to you, it wouldn't hurt for there, be a little, for there to be a little God in our name also. Amen. In other words, when folks thought of you, uh, they ought to think of God. Amen. They ought to think of E-L. And so he comes on the scene, there is a confrontation, a contest now. now. They say that they've got God, which is Baal, Ashtoreth, Chemosh, whoever. But Elijah says, my God, my God is Jehovah. And the, re the way that he emphasizes this is he brings them the word of his God. Because the question is, and long has been, if your God is God, can he speak? If your God is God, what's he got to say? If your God is God, what is his language? And so Elijah shows them, brings them the word of the Lord. And I'm glad that my God has a word. I'm glad that I have heard his word and it was a life changing word the word of the Lord but I'd say this in the beginning if you ain't never heard his word you don't know that he's God you're just going on what other folks are saying and I tell you I found out he was God as a 14 year old boy when he spoke to my heart and it changed my life my God is Jehovah now let's look at this text and we're going to emphasize the word of the Lord. The Bible said in verse 1, And Elijah the Tishbite, 
who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Hallelujah. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, which is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and fish in the morning, bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. It came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he rose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering sticks. He called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, I have not a cake but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I'm gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first. Bring it unto me and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the Crews of all fail according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. It came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick, and his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. And she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou coming to me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? He said unto her, Give me thy son. And he took him out of her bosom and carried him up into a loft where he abode, laid him upon his own bed. And he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, hast thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourned by slaying her son? He stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, I pray thee, let the child's soul come unto him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah. Boy, if you'll hear his word, he'll hear your word. And the soul of the child came unto him again and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. And the woman said to Elijah, Now by this that I know that thou art a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. Hallelujah. I want to emphasize this matter of the word of the Lord. Because truly the very important differences between the God of heaven and the gods of this world is the truth that our God is alive and our God does speak. And I want you to notice this matter here in this text of the word of the Lord. Four things that I would say to you. First of all, I notice that 
the Word of God traces us. Or maybe I could say it chases us. Did you notice how the scripture said in verse number two, and the word of the Lord came unto him. Did you notice in verse number eight, the Bible said, and the word of the Lord came unto him. It indicates to me that the word of God has energy. The word of God has movement. The word of God knows where you're at and knows how to get there. The Word of God has activity, and the Word of God has activations. Because here it is, we see that the Word of God is tracing. It is trailing. The Word of God is tracking. The Word of God, the Bible tells us that the Word of God is quick, and it is powerful. And here it is that the word of God is coming to Elijah. Now I think of the many times that I have went to the Bible. And I'm glad that I've got a Bible, aren't you? I'm glad I got a King James Bible. It was the Bible that I was preached to out of when I got saved. And I'm glad that I got a Bible a Bible that I can go to, a Bible that I can turn its pages, the Bible that I can read the Word of God. But I'll tell you something greater than that. I'm glad for the days when the Bible comes to me. Thank God for the times that I've got in His Word, but even greater the times of which the Word has gotten into me. This is not only true for Elijah, but The Old Testament is filled with it. The Bible said the word of the Lord came to Abraham. The word of the Lord came to Samuel. The word of the Lord came to Nathan. The word of the Lord came to Solomon. And and seven times in the story of Elijah's life, the Bible tells us that the word of the Lord came unto him. It lets me know that the word of God was moving before Elijah came on the scene, long before he came on the scene. I'm glad the word of God was active before I got here. But then the word of the Lord was moving while he was on the scene in a present tense uh, situation. I'm glad that the word of God is still active in this hour and that the word of God is still quick And the word of God is still powerful. But even after Elijah passes off the scene, the Bible goes on to say that the word of the Lord came unto Ezekiel. The word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah. And thank God, as I've said, the times of which the word of the Lord has come to me and the word of the Lord has come to you. But I notice in this text that the word of the Lord is coming directly and indirectly. It's coming directly to Elijah and indirectly to all of Israel. The word of the Lord is revealing itself and revealing what God has to say through flesh and through famine so that Elijah knows what God's got to say and then God wants everybody else to know what God has to say. And so he speaks his word. And what we have to understand tonight, as your pastor has emphasized, not only do we never need to get over the wonder of God, we never need to get over the word of God. We might uh, sometimes, if we're not careful, see all this Bible as something to say to all the wicked. But I want you to say it still, know that it still has something to say to the righteous. This Bible is speaking. I'm going to tell you the word of God is being brought to Ahab, but it is also being brought to Elijah. It is being brought to the widow here at Zarephath. The word of God is being very active for sinners and for pagans and for wicked kings and for widows, but also for the man of God. This book, thank God the Lord has a word. And that word is very active. That word is very activating. And it is for you and it is for me. 
As a matter of fact, everything in chapter number 17, I don't care what it is that is in this text, everything is activated, everything is started, and everything is kept as going as far as its movement is concerned by the Word of God. I'm talking about the activation of the birds. That was the Word of God causing them to fly. I'm talking about the activation of the brook. That was the Word of God that got that going. I'm talking about the activation of the bread and the keeping on as far as the meal was concerned. That was the activation of the Word of God. I'm talking about the activation of the boy who was dead and brought back to life. Uh, that was the activation of the Word of God. Everything in this text is ignited and kept going by the Word of God. But that ought to not surprise us because this old world was brought into existence by the igniting of the Word of God. And I tell you, that sun is operating like it's operating because of the Word of God. I mean, this old earth will rotate upon its axis as it does uh, because of the Word of God. The wind will blow because of the Word of God. Everything, everything was started by the Word of God. Everything is sustained by the Word of God. And everything will be finished by the Word of God. And what Israel needs to know is the same thing that Elijah knew, the widow found out, and everybody else needs to know is that the Word of God has action and activity. And the Word of God is tracing down the sinner and tracing down the saint. The Word of God is coming to you and the Word of God is coming to me. But thank God I want to report to you that somewhere tonight, the Word of God's running somebody down and starting an activity in that heart and in that soul that they will never ever get over. My salvation was begun and started and ignited by the word of God. Faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Oh, understand that the word of God's out there on the move working and doing and changing and transforming sinners and saints alike. Oh, Ahab, I want you to know that my God is Jehovah and he has a word. And that word has come on the scene. I like it when the word comes on the scene. The word of God traces us. It came unto him. But not only do I notice this matter of the word of God that, is, that excels and is, that uh, is so much different than, than the gods that Israel had come to worship that had no word at all. They could not speak. They had no language. But thank God, I'm glad the Lord has a voice. The word of the Lord traces us. It has energy has energy. But the second thing I would uh, point out to you is I would have you to notice in verse number one that the word of the Lord faces us. It not only has energy, but it has an expression. It faces us. Look, if you will, in verse 17, Elijah said, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Now I want you to look at that word there, before, B-E-F-O-R-E. It is the word that means face. It means face, before, face. As a matter of fact, you could go back to the building of the tabernacle. They had a table there that was called the table of showbread. That word showbread there is the same exact word as this word here, face, face. We could bring that into the New Testament. 
It blew me away one day as I looked up the word purpose. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, those that are called according to his purpose. Did you know that that word purpose is the same word as before that is here and the same word as showbread in the Old Testament because showbread is mentioned four times in the Gospels and all four times it is the same word, the word before or the word face, the word face. If you want it illustrated, you think about that table of showbread there in the Old Testament. God did not leave the ingredients of that bread to the options of the priests and the Levites. He oversaw it. He's like the lady in the kitchen that's overseeing the baking. He told them what ingredients to put in it. He told them uh, uh, who could eat of it. He told them where to place it. He told them how many slices to put it in. Everything about it, he did not leave to the imagination of the children of Israel. But that word, showbread, is before. In other words, like the lady in the kitchen, he oversaw everything about it. His face was on it. And what Elijah is saying is, is God's got a word. And his word's got a face. In other words, I'm bringing you the word of the Lord. It's got a face. Now, I guess we could mention three aspects of the face of the word of God. The word before or face. He said, my word, it's it's got a face to it. God's word's got a face to it. We understand that Elijah in this text says, according to my word. But then when we read the other rest of the text, we realize that it's not really his word, it's the Lord's word. But yet God's word had a human face to it. And that God called this prophet and put this word in him. That's what's happening right now. It's taking the word that's in the Bible in a, in a, in, on a page black and white and putting it in the heart and putting a face to it. Because anytime you thought of Elijah, you didn't think of the word of Moloch. You didn't think of the word of Balaam. You didn't think of the word of Chemosh. But you thought of the word of the Lord. Because he wasn't going to let nothing come through him that wasn't God's word. God put his face on it. (laughs) Isn't God so merciful and gracious that he'd take his word and put it in a human heart? and flesh it out. And that word would be preached, but it would have a human face to it. But it was God's word. But not only did it have Elijah's face to it. I'm going to tell you, when you think about a preacher, and you think about the word of God, you think about that human face. But yet we realize that God's language, if you want to say that Does God have a language? Of course he does. God speaks one language and that is Christ. Christ is the very word of God. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. I like what Hebrews said, God who at sundry times and divers manners spake in time past unto our fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken to us by his son. Thank God. I'm going to tell you, in the Old Testament, the very word of God seemed to be shielded But thank God in the New Testament through Christ it is revealed. And the only way you can understand Christ, understand God, is you're going to have to understand his son. And when I receive the son of God, I receive the word of God. Because Jesus is the very embodiment of God's word. You can't have God's word without Jesus. 
and you can't have Jesus without the fullness of God's word. It's got the face of his son on it. It's got the face of a sovereign God on it. So that God's word, now here's what I want you to understand. God's word is not just scattered out and left in and of itself. But Isaiah said, my word, which I have sent forth out of my mouth, shall not return in me void, but it will accomplish that whereto I've sent it. Because here's what's happening. Just like that showbread in the Old Testament, God's looking over it to make sure all the ingredients are just like he wants it. It's just like your life. I'm going to tell you, you have been called according to the purpose of God which means child of God, he didn't save you and leave you to yourself, but he's watching over you. It's face. Purpose means face. He's looking over your whole life. Isn't that a blessing? But hey, understand that the word of God is never unleashed in vain. But every time God's word is spoken and unleashed, it has an eternal working in it, an eternal movement in it. And what God does when a word is spoken, God watches that word and God tends to that word and God makes sure that word gets to where he wants it to get to. He's overseeing his word. That's what encourages me as a man of God, as a preacher. As I get up to preach the word of God, I do not know where this word's going. I don't know what word heart it's getting into. I don't, I'm going to leave this place and go somewhere else and I will have done all that I can do. But thank God what I realize is I have unleashed a word that's not going to return void and that word, I'm telling you, it's going to be overseen by the face of God. Watching over his word. We were talking about that today. And we were thinking about Billy Sunday and what happened in 1926. And we were discussing how that there seems to be no indication that that ever happened. But here's what I want to assure you that somewhere that word that was unleashed on those days is still being followed and overseen by God Almighty. Who knows what young boy walked the aisle and Billy Sunday preached the gospel and he got saved. He moved off from this place. I'm going to tell you somewhere else and he preached the gospel and somebody else got saved. The Lord spoke to that heart and he got saved and he went to China and preached the gospel and somebody in China got saved. And then God spoke to that heart and they began to preach the gospel and somebody in Indonesia got saved. I'm going to tell you the word of God. God's face, God's face is constantly looking over his word. His word, I'm telling you, his word has energy, but his word has expression. It traces us and it phrases us. Because what we realize when the word of God's being spoken to us, that that's the very face of God that is speaking to our hearts. Oh, he said, hey, my God, God, my God is Jehovah. He's got a word with energy and expression. But now I want you to notice with me that the word of the Lord not only traces us, it'll just follow you, but it faces us because God follows his word. <laughs> I don't know, I, that just, I, being a preacher, that just helps my heart. Amen. To know that God is actually constantly overseeing his word, overseeing the working of his word. He's watching over his word. But I want you to notice with me also that the scripture, the word of God, begins to give a command. 
and tells Elijah where Elijah needs to go. In other words, it indicates to me that the word of God is not only tracing us and facing us, but the word of God places us. It places us. Uh, Look, if you will, in verse number 2. The word of the Lord came unto him saying, Get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook. And I have commanded thee ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook, which is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. Now, I'm emphasizing that Grammar, if you'll forgive me as I teach you, uh, speak of a little bit of grammar, the word the, the word the. It is, it is, in the English language, it is a, what's called a definite article. In other words, there's no room for conjecture. He's telling him exactly where he wants to go and he emphasizes it with the word the. I want you to go to the brook. While you're at the brook, I'll have the birds. And if you go on over, the same wording goes with the widow and with the barrel, as the scripture says. There's a whole lot of these in there that are definite articles that comes along with the word of God. In other words, God's word has a special place for Elijah and a specific place for him. There seems to be with the word of God as far as your life and my life, those things that are without option, that the word of God will detail for your life. And you will know because it will be absolute as to what he wants in your life. I mean, it is absolute for him that he is to go to the brook and he is to drink of the brook and it is absolute that he is to go uh, to Zarephath where the widow is and where the barrel of meal is and so on. Those, Those little definite articles that are scattered through there speaks of the, the authority of the word of God in your life and in my life. That if we will follow the these that are in there, then we will find ourselves being placed in the position that God wants us to be to where he can help us. The word of God that is placing us, that is is getting us in a specific and in a special place. In other words, there is a definite Location. Let me say it this way. As I noticed Elijah here, and God says to him in the midst of all this, I got a word for you too, boy, and this word is very specific. That's why we need to, we need to listen to the word of God as it speaks to our hearts individually. Because this book will tell you one thing for your life and tell me another thing for my life. You cannot operate in the realms of religion. The problem with religion in this day is what folks want to do is they want to to create a system and make you a part of it and make some cookie-cutter religionists out of it so that we all act the same, look the same, smell the same, do the same, and everything's the same. But I want to tell you something. When God's word spoke to me, God's word created preaching in me. While God's word may speak to you and create singing out of it 
And God's word may speak to you and make a missionary out of you. And God's word may speak to you and make a, I'm going to tell you, a giver out of you. But only God's word can do the specifics in our lives. We can't do it as far as man is concerned. It's the word of the Lord that came to him and told him where to go. That man ought to have made any sense to go where he, where he told him to go, but it's the word of God that told him to go there. Go to the brook Cherith. There's not another place where the word of God would allow him to go. And so he went there in a specific place, a special place. He had a location for him. But thank God, as I was analyzing that in my own heart and how it is in my life, there is the blessedness of the word of God that will be specific with you as far as these special places are concerned for your life because God wants to do a special thing for you and you're going to experience something that you could not experience anywhere else. There is the location of the word of God in the specifics of the the, but there is also the liberty of the word of God. Now, Elijah goes down to the brook and he's told to do one thing, to drink of the brook or two things and to wait on the birds. He's got the brook and the birds, the brook and the birds. That's what the Bible said for him to do. The brook, do the brook and do the birds. But you know, there had to be some other things you could do while he's down there at the brook. I mean, the Bible doesn't tell us, the Bible does not tell him when he has to get up. It does not tell him when he has to go to sleep. It doesn't tell him when he has to take a bath in that brook. It doesn't tell us if, I mean, I'm going to tell you, I don't know what he might have wanted to do while he was down there by the brook. Who can tell? He might have found some favorite things. He might have collected rocks while he's down there. But that would have been all right as long as he was where he was supposed to be as far as the definite location of it was concerned. You know, we can get too religious. Somebody said, Preacher, what do you think the Lord wants me to drink? Milk or water? I don't know. Should I drink tea or Pepsi? I don't know. I don't know that it makes a difference. You just obey what you know and don't worry about the rest. Hallelujah. I have been at times, I'm always praying and trying to find out what God wants me to preach. But believe it or not, there, and, and there have been more definites than not. Here's what, and he'll lodge that in my heart, and I'll know that that's what I'm, and it may not even make sense for the service, but I know that's there, and so that's what I'm going to preach. But there have been times that I've been riding to the house of the Lord, and I said, Lord, I don't know what to preach. He said, just pick you one and preach it. I said, what? He said, yeah, it's my word. I can work through it anywhere I want to. And I got to the house of God and said, okay, I think I'll just preach this. And it worked just fine. Why? Because the word of God allowed it to be so. There's some things the word of God will make definite in your life. But while you're doing the definite, thank God, there's going to be a whole lot of things you're going to be able to enjoy because you're where you're at. He made a stayed up at night and said, boy, I'm going to tell you, I like, I like to watch the stars. And he might have picked out, I'm going to tell you, some of the constellations and looked at them as they moved and everything like that. And somebody said, well, you reckon the Lord was in that? Well, I'll tell you, as long as you're doing what he tells you to do, I don't think he has any problem with that, do you? <laughs> it was about 10 years me and my wife would ride the motorcycle I had some fellas didn't like it they said well I don't believe God's in that I said well I don't know it's any of your business I'm preaching the word of God I'm doing everything he wants me to do where he wants me to do it and he ain't said nothing about it so I'm going to ride till he does huh of course I went ahead and sold it and he didn't even tell me to sell it he just left it up to me and I said well I'm just going to sell it and I did. And I'm still happy. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm saying? The liberty of the word of God ain't going to make you crazy. It's just going to have some specifics of the location, but it'll have some liberty with it. Hallelujah. You can enjoy the liberty as long as you're obeying the definites 
of the Word of God. Don't let nobody else run your life because God has told them to do something and they expect you to do it. That's called religion. I didn't have much of that before God saved, and I ain't got a whole lot of it now. As a matter of fact, I don't care for it. That'll get you nothing, get you in trouble anymore than what religion will. So I'm here to tell you that the word of God has come. It will, it will trace you, it will face you, and it will place you. It is, it is a definite to it. The brook, the birds, the barrel, the boy, the widow. As a matter of fact, let me just say this. Are there some definites in your life? Huh? There ought to be some things in your life that you you have to say that the only reason why I'm here is because the Lord put me here. Huh? There are to be. I mean, there ought to be. There ought to be. There ought to be some definites of the Word of God in your life. And once that has taken place, thank God you can enjoy the other liberties that he will give you, but you got to make sure the definites are being taken care of. It's going to place you. The word of God's going to place you. I mean, if you'd have went over and interviewed him, said, Elijah, what under God's heaven are you doing out in a place like this? He'd say, God's word put me here. I said, well, why are you counting the stars? He said, well, I ain't got nothing else to do. I drank water. How much you drink? Much I want to. See how much you eat? Much as they bring me. I said, don't you think you ought to go on a diet? That ain't none of your business. They bring me bread and flesh in the morning, bread and flesh in the evening, and I eat it all. Sometimes I don't eat it all. I just don't. I just depend on that. And I ain't got no direction on that. Ain't that a blessing? Oh, I'm going to tell you something. A lot of folks think what the Word of God does is just lock you down and make you miserable and put you into some monastery like a monk. And I'm going to tell you something. For 49 years going on 50, I mean coming up on 50 years, I've been operating in the rims of the dictations of the word of God and I've been freer than I ever thought about being for the 14 years before. Wow. And in the midst of that freedom, thank God you can have joy and peace because you know you're where God wants you to be. Woo! Don't you love it? <laughs> so what are you going to eat after service? I don't know. Whatever I guess that I desire because the Lord ain't never, he ain't said nothing about it. So my plan on is, is to be here tomorrow night and preach. Because that's the, that's, the, that's the the. That's the the in my life. He gave me a the with a wife. That's the wife right there. There wasn't no choice. There wasn't no, I know, the wife. Huh? <laughs> he called me into the ministry, thank God. And he placed me here at this church, the church for this week as far as my life is concerned. You say, well, what are you going to do during the day? I don't know. <laughs> Enjoy myself. Study and pray. And wherever the preacher wants to take me to eat. <laughs> he asked me today. He said, where do you want to go to eat? I said, well, give me the options. Isn't that amazing? To where the Lord doesn't even interrupt. He doesn't say, oh, oh no, no, no. But now if he has a thee, he'll interrupt you. But for the most part, if you're just where... He won't even say nothing. He'll just say, oh, yeah. That'd be all right with me. Yeah, that'd be all right. <laughs> Woo, I love that. Oh, the word of God, the word of God that I'll tell you has such energy, has such e- expression as it does that it's so explicit for our lives because God's wanting to help us with his word that traces us and faces us and places us. The last thing I want to say to you is 
Elijah's got a word from God that graces us. That graces us. You know, the Bible said, for by grace are you saved through faith. But where does faith come from? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I noticed that there is so much happening in this text that is connected to believing the word of God. And because there is so much believing of the word of God, I notice that there's just so, so many blessed benefits that come out of it as a result of it. In other words, it's the grace of the word of God that hides him. You know why he's down at the brook of the cherub? He's hiding him. Boy, ain't that grace? He doesn't leave him out there for Ahab and all those enemies that are looking for him. They can't even find him. Grace is hiding him. Huh? Because he's obeyed the word of God. That's an act of faith. This woman, when she goes and, and she takes that little bit of grain and meal and she makes a biscuit and brings it to the man of God. She does it upon the principle of believing the word of God that he's spoken to her. He said, you go do what I tell you and this is going to happen according to the word of God. Faith has been enacted and out of that faith in God's word because of God's word, honey, there, has, there is some benefits and blessings that are enormous. I'm talking about in a day of famine, in a day in which there has been no rain, in a day in which the cattle are starving, the land is blistered, and uh, mothers are eating their own children, I tell you, Elijah and this widow are having a feast. Why? Because somebody has did according to the word of the Lord. Honey, you don't have to pay attention to what the news media is saying and how bad they think it's going to get and all these other things. What you need to do is do according to the word of God and understand that God, through your obedience of faith, will do wondrous things in spite of what's happening around you. The word of the Lord graces us. Did you notice what comes out of that? There is a hiding, as I mentioned to you. But not only is there a hiding because of the word of God that graces us, there is a hearing. It is this widow woman that hears what the word of God has to say. But not only is there a hearing, there is a heeding. As she goes and performs what the word of God has to say. But not only is there a hiding, a hearing, and a heeding, there is a healing. Because the poor boy that dies, God uses according to the word of the Lord, this act of faith that brings this boy from the dead. But the thing that seems to stand out as far as the grace of the word of God is that there is so much harmony in his word. Well, you can notice it in the text. It says it on uh, several occasions there. According, verse verse, uh, number 17, verse 1 of chapter 17, but according to my word. Verse number 5, so he went and did according to the word. In other words, there's this in sync. Verse number 15. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. There is that word according there has the idea of music. It has the idea of a pitch. It has the idea of a melody or a tune. That's illustrated in what took place here this morning 
and what took place here tonight. We have this piano, this bass, this guitar, and they were up here with a choir. Now, the thing that made this so pleasant to our ears was not the fact that they had a songbook that all had the same words in it. It's the fact that somebody hit the key note and then everybody else came to that same note or that same key. Because if they hadn't, if the piano started off in B flat and Ryan started off in F and the bass guitar was in G, who knows where the choir would have been. It would have been one gigantic mess. And believe me, I've been some places. I mean, you need to appreciate this singing. God bless them, they couldn't help it, but I've been in churches to where they didn't know the difference between a C, B flat, D, F, whatever. I mean, of course, I don't know music, but I can tell when it's bad music. And I mean, it was sour. It was bad. I remember we were in one church in the mountains of North Carolina, went in there. I mean, they were blessed people, and some of them old mountain folks had gotten saved and got in there, and they couldn't carry a tune to bucket. And when they started singing, you, it was like a screech. You had to, you wanted to put your finger. You remember that, honey, in that little old church? Now they were saints, and I loved them. Matter of fact, before the week's up, I enjoyed hearing them sing because I realized they couldn't sing, but they. It's trying to sing for the Lord. But I tell you what happens up here. It, it ain't one fella's playing his own note and another's playing his own key and then somebody else is playing and then the choir decides they're going to sing whatever they want to and let the, let the song leader fend for himself. It all has to be according. According. And all of these, is it 88, 88 keys on this thing or somewhere around there? How many is on this, honey? You don't know. You forgot to. She plays it. <laughs> but honey, the last thing you would want me to do tonight is to try to play. Now, it's got the same amount of keys on it for me as it does for her and for Sister Williams. But I'm going to tell you something. They know how to bring it all together. It's according. Everything in here comes under the, under, I'm going to tell you this matter of being according. Yes. And so as a result, it makes great pitch, great melody. I'm going to tell you, it joins up with the other instruments and with the, with the singing. And we get to enjoy, all we have to do is just say, thank you, Lord, because we're enjoying everything yes. being in one uh, accord, as the scripture says. Yeah. One note, hallelujah. One key and one tune. And I notice here that when these, when the word, I'm gonna, you say, well, what are you talking about? I'm going to tell you, when I come to the house of the Lord while everybody else is singing, I'm sitting there. Now, I, I can't play an instrument. If I could, I'd be a violin. I love a violin. But spiritually, what I'm doing in my heart is I'm playing the violin. You say, why? It's because I'm wanting to get in tune with heaven. I want to know what heaven wants me to do, what my part is in this service. Sometimes a heaven don't even want me to preach. Well, if heaven don't want me to preach, I'm not going to sing that sire note. I don't want to become a part of that. I want to get the note. I want to be on, I want to be according to what's coming out of heaven. I want to play that same tune. And that's what, that's what worship's all about is when we come together and we come together accordingly. And when we do, things begin to open up. And I'm going to tell you, unreal, unbelievable things begin to happen because things have harmonized. There's my word, harmonized to the, to the word of God. I would say it like this. What we need to do with our lives, and this is what, you know a lot of folks, you know what folks think preaching is? They think it's one morning you woke up craving fried chicken and you didn't want to go to work. <laughs> that ain't it. 
I'm going to tell you what your preacher does all week long. In the morning, riding down the road, even at night, I'm going to tell you, I do some of my best studying when I'm just laying there after I, you know, kind of chewing the cud. But you know what you're doing? You'll get this, what I'll do before I go to a meeting, I'll get this book and I'll go, mm, I can't get this, just nothing comes out of that. And I'll turn, mm, and then I'll turn over and, and I'm trying to get, mm, and then all of a sudden, you'll know when you've hit it. Ain't that right? You'll get over there, and the more you, Boy, that's sounding good. And you can't wait to get to the house of God and share with folks the harmony of the word of God. And what we've got to do with our lives is what Elijah did, what this widow woman did. I'm gonna tell you, they harmonized with the book. They harmonized accordingly. And because of that, God was able to bring out the graces of his word. Just take your life. Every time the word of God's being preached, try to get on pitch with it. Make sure you're on key with it. Make sure, thank God, you've got the same melody. And while that preacher's preaching, just open your heart up and go, hmm. Somebody said, well, why'd you hit the altar? I wasn't on key. I want to get on key. Huh? I heard the note, but I realized I wasn't on key. And I wanted to harmonize. That's why we come to the house of God. I want to get on key. And there's a wondrous work that comes out as a result of that. As I've mentioned in the text. But think about this. In a day of famine, a day of starvation, a day of decimation, a day of discord. Israel's in a day of discord. Discord. Everything's going You know what that is, don't you? Huh? Playing that violin when it just ain't right. You read, what I read to you this morning, wasn't that that sound that came out of there? All of those kings, I mean, chapter after chapter after chapter was sour notes, screeching sounds, horrible music. Yet over here in a little old place in a Gentile land. As Jesus said, God sent his prophet over there to this little widow. You know why? Because he realized he could work some harmony there. Israel didn't have no harmony. Sent his prophet in there and the word of God got to be sounding forth and they got to getting in key. Playing those notes just right. And can you imagine what it was like in that house? Can you imagine that? I call it glory in the kitchen. Huh? Now they're sobbing and crying. It's bad business everywhere else. But honey, it ain't in that kitchen. Everything's on key. Now she's done told the man of God. She said, well, you know, he said, go make me a biscuit. She said, well, I'll just tell you the truth about it. He said, I just got the last handful. I was going to make a couple for me and my boy, and we're planning on dying. He said, well, you don't have to do that. I got a word that says the barrel of meal will never run dry. According, if you'll do according to my word. She said, oh, Okay. <laughs> And can you see her as she goes and she breaks this biscuit and she brings it and the first thing she does is she, get, she knows she's given the last she's got. Even what she could have fed to the son, she's given to the man of God according to the word of God. She's in harmony. Now she's got to go back 
He said that there'd be more in there. Now, I don't believe the barrel was full. I believe there's a handful every time she reached down. Now, I don't know if she's Baptist, Presbyterian, or what she was, but it wouldn't have made no difference. But I was, I'm going to tell you something. If you're fixing to bury your son and then die yourself because there wasn't no food, I don't think you'd be real quiet and stiff. Huh? And dignified. Well, bless the Lord, I found some grain. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. She reached down that barrel. She's desperate and she knows she's, it's all gone. The last time she went in there, there wasn't no more. There wasn't no more. And the only thing she could hope on was the word of God. And she reached in there and got her hand. She said, Woo! Man of God, according to your word, there's more meal in there. And every time she went back, she said, you want dinner? She said, he said, I did. Woo! You want supper? Yeah, woo! You want a midnight snack? Woo! Didn't say how many times she could go. Every time she went, there's something in there. You're talking about an old-time shouting woman with a bun on her hand just skipping across the floor. Somebody said, what are you happy about? I just went to the empty barrel and it had some more in it. Now, you know, when that old boy got to playing out in the yard looking so healthy and everything, the neighbors got to wondering about that. Huh? And can't you see, can't you see one of them little boys running up there and saying, Johnny, Johnny, where'd you get that biscuit? Say, well, Mama, Mama made it for me. So well, how'd Mama make you a biscuit? I ain't, we ain't got nothing. We ain't had no food, and it looks like we're, we're done for. Reckon you could get me a biscuit? He said, well, uh, I'll tell you the truth. Mama said that was the last handful she got. But I'll go in and ask her. And I, he goes back and said, Mama, hi, Billy wants a biscuit. Could you get me? She said, well, the last time I reached my hand in there, it was the last handful. But I'll go back according to the word of the Lord. And I see her run her hand down and she, woo! And he looks out the door and says, Billy, we got hope. She's found some more grain. There'll be another biscuit according to the word of the Lord. There was complete harmony. Nothing would don't take that book and act like it's harsh to you and mean to you and cruel to you when it's trying to get you into harmony so this word of God can face you and trace you, thank God, and ultimately it will grace your life. I can't tell you how much everything I am, I am by the grace of God that came out of an accordingness to the word of God. Glory in the kitchen. Just because somebody got in tune. He said, Sister, do this. He said, I'm going to do it, and then you do it with me. She said, He said, That's it. He said, Bread will come out of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He said, that's it. There'll be, there'll be some oil out of that. Amen. He said, mm-hmm. she said, mm-hmm. he said, that's it. We're going to raise a boy from the dead. Hallelujah. Because somebody was in harmony. And if you ever get to hearing this old book and look at this old book and it's bringing a screeching noise, get along with God get in tune with his word and I promise you there'll be some glory in your heart and there'll be some glory in the house of the Lord there'll be some glory did you notice what she said at the end there and the woman said unto Elijah now by this I know that thou art a man of God 
and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. Now this, this is a Gentile woman. She's, she's one of them Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites that worshipped all these false gods. And they wouldn't have been a harmony in her life. But honey, when she found out the Lord had a word and she harmonized with it, she experienced a life-changing experience. And there was harmony. There was glory in the kitchen. Let's stand. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word that has so helped us, that has so blessed us, guided us, and strengthened us that has kept harmony in our hearts with heaven. May it be so in this church that each one of your children would make sure that they're in tune with you. The word of the Lord. Go ahead, sister, and place. Thank you.